You're listening to the House Hustler Podcast, presented by Listing Leaders. In this special episode, we interview real estate power couple Nathan and Jenny Walker. As a short disclaimer, there is some colorful language in this episode. Nothing offensive, but certainly wanted to give you a heads up in case you're listening in the car with some kiddos in the back seat. Here's how it all went down. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the House Hustlers Podcast, presented by Listing Leaders. I'm Brandon Rainwater and I am joined, as always, by Sarah Verputin, Joshua Wozniak, and Brian Manning. And I am super excited about today's episode because we are interviewing real estate power couple, Nathan and Jenny Walker. How's everybody doing today? Good, good, good. That's awesome. So uh, we've been looking to get you guys booked for quite some time, and I know you guys are avid travel enthusiasts, so <laughs> glad to nail you down in Indiana and really looking forward to breaking down your story. Usually we kind of start off knowing that we're all in active real estate, and we like to hear what's, go- what's been going on the last two weeks, but I kind of think this is probably going to go a little bit longer than most episodes, um, as you guys are going to have a lot to share with us, hopefully. But uh, one thing that we teased last week, and Josh was going to tell us a little bit more about, is he closed his first commercial deal. So congratulations on that, but I definitely want to hear more about how that went and the experience you had and what you learned. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, we did close that up, and like I said, uh, I would say more. So my clients who own a light manufacturing company uh, called Seal Jet of Chicago, now located in Hobart. Um, (laughs) What did you say last week? Hobart. Hobart? Yeah, Uh, Yeah, for sure. So I'm putting that to use. I try not to ever make the same mistake twice, you know. So, yeah, closed that. That was a a good, interesting closing. My clients were talking a little bit more about their business. And, uh, you know, interestingly, they were were saying that they do and have done manufacturing for uh, Caterpillar, Lamborghini, some fairly fairly large companies. So that was pretty cool. But... Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, How did the deal differ doing a commercial real estate deal than a residential real estate deal? Um, I would say that use was, property use was pretty much the biggest, uh, in my opinion, the biggest difference was just verifying that uh, the property's intended use, you know, that it could be used for what my clients wanted to use it for and just, uh, you know, verifying that with the, with the county government, you know, was probably the biggest thing. You know, because this was a it was a pretty good building, so my clients opted not to have it inspected. You know, so it was pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm sure if it was a million dollar deal, it would have been a different story. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more commercial real estate deals. So that was kind of going to be my next question. With so many things, you have to get through the first one, right? There's all that trepidation and the the mental blocks that we put on getting our very first deal. And a lot of times, if we're residential real estate agents, that commercial deal has the same mental block with it. Now that you've done one, do you feel like you'd be way more confident doing another one? Yeah, that's actually funny that you ask that because that's been a pretty definite part of my mentality on it. Is uh, like I think the time from being born, you know, mm-hmm. and to doing my first real estate deal is going to be a lot larger, obviously, than the time between my first and my second. So yeah. I feel like, you know, to get my first deal done was pretty exciting. That is like a big milestone for me in life. So, yeah, the second one seems like it'll be simple now. Well, congratulations, man. I'm super glad to hear that. I I like seeing that. I recently did some commercial training. We did some commercial training here where we invited the number one commercial TikTok slash Instagram user. uh, And she brought in incredible, valuable insight. But actually, ultimately, what it did was kind of turn me off of commercial real estate, actually, (laughs) and made me realize that maybe it was a shiny object and I needed to kind of focus my efforts somewhere else rather than maybe fall down that particular rabbit hole. But... I'm, I'm encouraged by hearing you say that, and probably off mic, I would like to learn a little bit even more about what you learned in that deal as well. Uh, we always like to add a broker tip as well, something that can bring value to whether you're an experienced agent or a brand new agent. So right before we break down uh, Nathan and Jenny's story and introduce them, Sarah, podcasts. Do you like podcasts? Because we, we, we do <laughs> one, but, better, our, right? our, but well, not, not necessarily. Uh, I'm continually shocked by the people I meet that'll say, what's a podcast? It happens all day, every day. But do you listen to podcasts? Have podcasts brought you value in your business? And would you like to share or recommend any? I do. I listen to several podcasts. I try to make car time between showings, like still usable time since I'm away from my family and, you know, 
in business mode anyway. For sure. So I'm either making phone calls or listening to podcasts usually. Um, so obviously I listened to this one and I listened to all of it, you know, the first season two when I wasn't a part of it. Um, I do like um, Confessions of a Top Producing Real Estate Agent. Jen, she's, uh, that's been a really like helpful one. Yeah. Um, there is actually a now defunct podcast. Defunct? Is that, a, is that the right word? It's, like, a, it's a word now. Right? Yeah. We're going with it. I'm rolling with it. Um, that really helped me when I very first started. Um, there's not been any new episodes since 2019, but Rookie Real Estate really helped me out when I was getting started because he kind of really broke down like his first episode or second episode. <coughs> like, don't do it. You know, and it was like all the reasons to that it's hard and like prepping you for some of the things you're going to have, you're going to run into. Um, I listen sometimes to Brian Buffini's podcast because he's just super positive mm-hmm. and like rolls a lot of like life stuff into it too. Um, I am really excited. I'm going to go back and listen to your podcast guys because I didn't. Who are you pointing at? Oh, sorry. That's okay. Jenny. Nathan and Jenny. Yeah. listen to your podcast, too, because I didn't know that that was a thing. So I'm yeah. really excited to check that out, Yeah, too. we have, Jenny and I, I've been doing, a, I've been podcasting for, I think, eight years now, something like that. Me and my, uh, my best friend, Casey Phelan, started doing a podcast, um, I would say back in 2015, maybe, something like that. Um, and it was based mainly on sales and business. Um, at one point... That podcast, we would do, we would air them live. We'd go live on Facebook and we'd stream it on Instagram and we would get 30, 40,000 views overnight. You know, it was a pretty, pretty popular. Awesome. Recently, yeah. we just started the REIAF podcast, which is focused specifically on real estate investing and uh, the kind of other side of real estate. So that's pretty cool. Jenny will get on it too, but that's mostly me and my, my buddy Casey doing yeah. that. But it's a good one. You guys should check it out for sure. No, and we will because that's actually why we're doing that specific broker tip. Um, obviously, I knew you guys had a podcast. I definitely wanted yeah. to get an opportunity of you to, to talk about it sure. and plug it. But also, they're just they're, they're a source of incredible value. And I, like Sarah, am constantly – first of all, I love my windshield time. That's actually therapy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I'm driving, it's great. I enjoy it. So showings are my jam, but I'm always using that time also <laughs> to learn and better myself and improve my, my skills and ability. And I do that with podcasts as well. A couple of my favorites are the Bigger Pockets podcast, which obviously is super popular out there. Um, it, it gears a little bit more towards the investing side, but I'm also a fan of the Tom Ferry podcast. I do think his stuff airs, uh, he's got a little bit too much content. Um, I really, you'd really have to filter him down, but there's some solid gold in there. But that's also just like you mentioned, very specific to real estate agents, not so much the investing side of things. Those are my two. Brian, Josh, you guys got any podcasts you want to share? Let's hear from Brian. Let's hear from Brian. I was going to say, I listen to every one of those, so I have nothing new to add. Nothing <laughs> new to add. You listen to them all, all yep. 700 episodes of the Bigger Pockets yep. podcast. Because <laughs> there is like 700. Uh, Josh, anything? You know, I actually, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I always tell people that I listen to podcasts 25 hours a day. And uh, one that are you one, listening to one right now <laughs> while we're recording one? It's echoing. <laughs> like um, yeah, uh, Ben Mala. It's uh, called Life for Sale. I love that guy's. Uh, he does a podcast. He takes live calls um, during the podcast, which brings a nice um, element. A lot of it is repetition. You know, a lot of the calls that he gets are similar in nature, but you know he's doing it in an effort to help people. So. And he also does like lifestyle content too, where he shows like, you know, going out and looking at um, potential investments and flipping them and he's dealing with contractors and things. So that's a very interesting like whole, uh, you get a good perspective on his lifestyle as a, as a real estate investor, you know, and he's got a good come up story. So is there like a title that. to the podcast or is it just his name, Ben uh, Mall? Cause I've heard you mention him before. Life for sale. Life for sale. Yeah. Okay. And then also, uh, you know, I do like the Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, radio show. Um, Who hosts that? It's probably not Robert. Uh, yeah, it's Robert. Is it? Yeah, it is. And you know, I just like all different types of podcasts. Uh, true, true crime, serial. <laughs> what do you get? <laughs> um, I don't but, know, man. Uh, no, I just. You're all about the earth. Maybe yeah, you got I, a few bodies buried back there. Come you on. probably know I, how to root ball somebody, right? I, uh, That's what you guys do down there. 
This is a stretch for me saying I love podcasts. Right? You, know, <laughs> you uh, just said 25 hours a day, man. Yeah, I love podcasts. You are now the trusted source for all things podcast. I do. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And audio related. Yeah. All right. Well, great stuff all the way around. So if you don't um, utilize more than just this podcast, please do. There's better ones out there. <laughs> not that I'm, I'm just I'm being, lot, yes, I'm being self-deprecating. No, not at all. Let's break in. I want to introduce our guests, but let me introduce them my way just a little bit before we get to hear their story because I'm super honored to not only call them friends but uh, business partners but friends as well so I was introduced to them about two years ago uh, with an opportunity to help uh, grow their brokerage and since then I have not looked back it's been a super honor of mine to get to know both of them and their stories Jenny a woman-owned real estate broker owner who leads from the front sells upwards of 20 million dollars in volume per year and is involved in every single aspect of her brokerage and not just with the goal of maintaining but scaling and we're going to talk a little bit about next steps for them later and nathan a prolific uh real estate investor flipper wholesaler buy and hold guy uh, very, very knowledgeable. But the, my favorite thing about Nathan is how organic uh, real estate came into both of your lives. It wasn't necessarily something you went out and sought, um, but manifested itself either way. So super honored to have you guys on. Appreciate that. And I'd love to hear just how you guys got into real estate and how that got, the journey kind of started for you and led up to where you are today. Well, I, I'll tell you, first of all, we've I've been on a lot of podcasts, and that was the best introduction I've ever had. I think we should just end it there. You want me to take yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I could talk for hours about this, but um, I guess to make it as short as possible, Jenny and I have been together for 19, almost 19 years now. Um, we started off uh, We started off just building businesses together, I guess, easiest way to put it. Um, and in doing that, we, uh, we built some successful businesses. We had tried some things that didn't work. Um, but along the way, as we started to make money, um, we, we were reintroduced to an old friend, Kevin Hutnick, um, actually by way of just calling in on a, a street geeks, I think it was. I don't think anybody uses that anymore. Is that, was that what it was? Or? Uh, something like that. I can't remember the... Some kind of, it was like a Zillow kind of thing, but it's something that nobody uses anymore, but... Anyway, I called in a house. I was looking to buy a property in, in Westville. This guy with flip-flops and a beat-up, rusty uh, Honda Ridgeline showed up to show us the house. And I'm like, wait, you're, I know like, I know you. And I'd known of you guys because of, uh, you know, just from growing up in Maryville. Uh, anyway, that kind of led to a, a, a rekindled friendship or maybe a new friendship, I guess, because we had never really been close. And uh one day he he just texted me out of nowhere. I think it was Christmas Eve. Actually, mm-hmm. yep. it was like, "Hey, I need a." And if anybody knows Kevin, he's kind of frantic. So, hey, I need a. I need proof of funds. And I'm like, "What? What do you just screenshot a bank account?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's <laughs> like, "Well, I'm, you're gonna buy a flip. You're gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna flip a house in Hobart." And I'm like, "I'm not flipping a house. I'm gonna use a fucking screwdriver." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm drinking at Christmas Eve. Like, what are you doing, dude?" But uh, I mean, that's a that's a, a little theatrical version of it. But the, the reality of it was, is he, he hit me up and was like, hey, uh, I think you should flip a house. And what he really meant was that at the time of his life, he was new into real estate. He was excited. And like a lot of new excited agents, they're trying to find customers. And I mean, he was working 24 hours a day, even on Christmas Eve, trying to find deals. And so he saw me as somebody who had maybe some extra cash sitting around that I could buy something him as somebody that was new, excited about the business. And he thought maybe I could piece together a deal here. And so that's kind of how it started. My first flip was, I mean, it was not a, not a flip I wanted to do. I just did it kind of cause Kevin said, just do it, you know, let's do it. And, um, I think I paid maybe 35 or $40,000 for the house. Mm-hmm. I might've put another 30 in it. I think I went there twice. Like, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you where it, like what it was. I mean, I know where it was, I know it was in Hobart, but, um, and I think we sold it for like $119,000. So like I, I, my first time around, I pretty much bought it for a third of the cost, put a third of the cost in and got a third profit back. And I was like, well, this is cool. And, uh, you know, there's a lot in between, but during those, uh, next couple of years, while Kevin was growing his real estate business and ultimately transitioning to owning a brokerage and starting listing leaders, my business was growing and I just kind of kept dumping money back into flips and, uh, uh, you know, started to make a, make a living out of it. Um, a point came where I told Jenny, uh, I can't, 
I can't keep doing this. I need you to get your license. So Jenny's entry into real estate, much like mine being suggested by someone else, was me essentially saying, look, you got to get your license. Like I, I, It doesn't make any sense at all for me to be calling now one of Kevin's agents because Kevin was growing and too busy to show me houses. I was having to call. He was putting me on, which all great people, but he was putting me to other people who had other things going on and other clients. I'm like, dude, I need control of this. So uh, a lot of people thought that, you know, we did it because we wanted to save the money in commissions, which was a benefit. But for me, ultimately, it was about control and uh, being able to have complete control of the deal and having control of the responses and stuff like that, um, which we'll get into more. But um, that sort of led us to building a pretty, a pretty cool little business where we were flipping houses. She was representing me. She was working for Kevin. Um, as that was kind of happening, we were my business model, which is we hold another podcast we could talk about, but I had, I had put myself in a position where I was selling off offices. I was selling locations of my, of my business. And we were ultimately working on an exit strategy from that industry altogether. So, um, eventually that kind of came to a point where we were ready to completely leave that industry. And uh, I had a conversation with my attorney and I'm like, what, you know, like, I don't really know what to do now. Like, I'm not sure where our next move is. Like, do we want to, we were going to maybe start another big company or take another run and build something. And he's like, dude, you're making a lot of money flipping houses. Like you realize, do you even realize that you, you know, you're making more than, you know, 90% of people. Yeah. Yeah. You're making more than (laughs) nine. And I'll just tell you the numbers. We were probably making three to $400,000 a year flipping houses as a side gig, you know? So he's like, look, man, you've, you guys have built some cool stuff. You, you have a ton of exposure. It's a big, crazy industry. Why don't you just, I mean, you're 36, you know, this is probably yeah. 35. You're 35. Yeah. Like, why don't you just kind of relax and just flip some houses and just kind of be cool with making that kind of money? And so that's kind of how that, that kind of started with us being full-time investors. And yeah. next thing you know, we're opening a brokerage. We're flipping 100 houses and we're buying school, doing schools and support. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. It's a, it's a long, long story. But eventually, I guess, the leading up to it, we are now full-time real estate investors and in brokerage, just like you said. So, so you know. w- would you say after that first flip, you were hooked? Like, I, I, like no. I'll say you weren't. Like, <laughs> let's, let's say, talk a little bit about you know, that. And actually, that's, I'm glad you asked that because I, I, it, I'm a different – I'm kind of from a different – school of thought on this. It was flipping for me was very easy. I came into it with all the resources in the world, meaning my new, my new, ex, you know, it's a new friendship. Kevin and I were a new friendship. So we're talking every day and it was like, you know, how that is, it's kind of like the, the yeah. honeymoon phase of a, of a friendship to where we were like, it was just exciting. It was fun. But flipping houses to me was the dumbest thing on earth. Like I made a lot of money in my other business. And, and even though those numbers sounded really cool, I put 30 or 40,000 in, put another 40 in to make 30 over four months. Like I did that in a, in a couple days in my other business. So like that wasn't really that exciting to me. So at first, no. Um, and when I hear people talking about wanting to get into flipping and I'm not discouraging, but I'm, to me, it's like, man, it was so easy for me. And, and it wasn't, and it, but, but yet it really wasn't easy. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how people would just start doing that. You know, now I do, but yeah. looking back, you know, it's kind of, crazy that's awesome so transitioning to jenny's story and how um you suggested that you brought her in and i feel like for her and i mean i'm definitely not wanting to put words in your mouth that it you didn't look back it was something that you like literally fell into like a fish in water and one of the things that i like so much about what you do is that whole lead from the front aspect of it there are there's a couple different types of owners out there there's the owners that create everybody under them to make them money and then there's owners like you who is like watch me <laughs> let me hold your hand and show you exactly how to do this so we can all see success and that's you to a t and not only are you the owner you're also the managing broker you put a lot on your plate in addition to the the volume that you you uh that you produce annually so talk us a little bit through what that journey's been like for you yeah yeah so it's funny, um, he says he made me get my, uh, my license. Obviously, uh, you know, he didn't make me. You know, I, I, have to, I have to willingly <laughs> Were you under school. duress? <laughs> right? Blink twice. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Are you safe? <laughs> um, but it was highly suggested to me. I think the biggest thing he talked about was the control of the deal, um, which, you know, coming from a sales background, we, you know, I, I understood that. So... Um, I somewhat reluctantly went to school. It was a time in our life when um, our youngest was going into kindergarten. So it was like the perfect storm for me to go. Let's go. Let me go do it. She's going to go to school anyway. I'll have some free time. Um, And it 
literally, as soon as I came out of school, um, I was able to have one of his houses as my first listing. Um, and it was one of those things like never turning back. Um, it was so much fun. I got hooked immediately and it was, I very quickly realized that I don't want to just represent him. I want to find a more people like him and then be the homeowner, you know, the, the, the actual, um, uh, homeowners that are, you know, first time homeowners, all of that. So, um, it's, it's one of those things that I love the, the game. <laughs> I yeah. love the chase. The hustle. I love the hustle. Yeah. Um, I love the, you know, setting huge goals and going after them. And that's really what drives me. Um, and I saw the real estate was like one of those, one of those things that this will never get old. Every deal's different. This will never get old. And, and you can only, I mean, we, we've done a ton since then, since just a real estate, you know, agent to now broker owner, managing broker, uh, owner of an academy, you know, all of that. So um, I think something worth mentioning too. Um, a lot of people don't realize, realize this, but Jenny was in a uh, network marketing company for many years. So she at one point was ranked 41 or number yep. 41 of like over 600,000 people. So um, it was a huge industry and she had a massive following in that. And I think a common misconception, which I'm excited to have a platform to, to, write this with her is that she had hundreds of thousands of people in her downline but maybe like five in northwest indiana yeah. most of her downline was all throughout the throughout the u.s texas and ohio pennsylvania maryland like all over the place and so when she got into real estate she transferred those skills and the discipline that she had from that and just the the like you know what you loved about that business you found a way to use that in real estate but contrary to what most people think it wasn't like you had a big network. And I think that's really important because I remember when you started real estate, I was your only customer and you had to go out and like find customers. You had to find a way to become active. And I'm sure you'd love to touch on that and you know, you guys could dive deeper into that. But I think that's super important to know because some people know of Jenny from that business and they just assume that, oh, she just decided to do real estate. Now all these people are buying a house from her. Right. Absolutely not true. And in fact, I don't think one person, maybe one or two over now, the, the hundreds of customers that you have, happened to happen happened to be that way but just wasn't the case yeah he's he's right about that um you know the 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 skills that i earned was what was transferable yeah. the network you know it, it helps and you know people uh saw what i was doing and and so the people that knew me from that other business they trusted that what i was going to be doing was you know uh they trusted me, you know, and, and my sales ability. Um, but you're absolutely right. I learned a lot of what I do now in real estate from, um, those other businesses, you know, and, and so, yeah. Like what, like what skills you yeah. feel like transfer? Yeah. Really social well. media, um, social media marketing specifically, um, Facebook was like my big, my big thing. That's, that's the way, you know, um, network marketing really grows, right. um, nowadays. Uh, so yeah, using, using Facebook to, um, get in front of this, this network here. So I was able to just duplicate that rather than, than pulling my reach all over the country. I'm, I'm focusing on Northwest Indiana because that's where my clients are. Um, that's where my future agents are, you know? So, um, I think that's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and then even like deeper than that, um, you know, we've, we've been doing sales, sales training really together since we were 19 years old. So taking just sales training, um, and using that to, to, you know, better your real estate businesses that helped in network marketing and, and it helps in this too. I think it's important to mention that you, um, social media was part of that, but I think the biggest thing was that you were very disciplined in knowing what you wanted. So like she didn't just come into real estate and just say, okay, I'm going to, sell your house like when she decides to do something she said it she, she knew what she wanted she wanted to make a certain amount of money or impact a certain amount of people whatever the case was and then you're really big on setting goals creating daily habits holding yourself accountable like there's there's some things that you do that most point. people don't do and you it's, know, so it's not just get good at social media marketing yeah that's, yeah that's yeah that's a really easy. good point because one thing that I can say about network marketing is that they were they are very very heavy on um, uh, personal development and set having those daily skills, doing that daily habit, um, setting those goals, and now 
what do you have to do to get to those goals? You can't just be a top, you know, network marketer without doing something every day. And, and so that discipline and, you know, kind of that um, action plan, I guess, was very transferable to real estate. I can't be a top real estate agent if I don't do something every day. So what, what things, sorry, I don't know if I'm taking Stop, it. Stop, go, you know, the nail it. Former journalism teacher here in the is <laughs> loving, like asking the questions. Um, what things do you think agents should be doing? Like we've got all the 600 listing leaders. Yeah, yeah. You know, what are the things that every day people should be doing to be successful? Great question. Yeah, love I love it. that. Um, number one is uh, sales training. Number one. <laughs> yeah, so I, we... I'm big on personal development. I listen, I, you know, was listening to you guys talk about podcasts, listen to podcasts, listen to books. Um, we do Grant Cardone's online sales training university, um, a ourselves, but we be with our team. Um, and that's a, that's a big one. Um, highly that, that, that's number one, you know, personal development. Um, and then I think, uh, number two is, um, just being, getting in front of people. Um, sometimes, you know, we live in a world now where you don't have to necessarily go knock on doors or do anything like that, but getting in front of people could be picking up the phone and making a phone call, could be a text message, could be a Facebook message, Instagram. I mean, there's so many ways to communicate now. Just getting in front of people um, and a lot of follow-up, a lot. Follow-up. funny, when I think about your, I'm, listening, I'm hearing you talk and I'm like just kind of going back in my mind and I think the, the first thing that you did and you always do is she just knows she can do it. You know, like that's it. Like there isn't, yeah. there's never really like a, will this work? And I think that's a big problem with agents. Now being, you know, supporting her in the brokerage and being a part of it, I see that a lot of times. There's this self-doubt on whether or not, you know, hey, I see Brandon do, but can I actually do it? And I think that for her, and this is what's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around, she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do it. Like this is all oh, real estate? Okay, who's killing it? What are they doing? I'm gonna do that yeah. and I'm gonna try to be better at it. So like, I think that was really a huge thing for you. And then too, you just said it. You just, I remember, I remember being at Strax. I was checking out, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was kind of a weird day. I think we had people over, I might've had a few drinks and this guy was like, oh man, I, dude, Jenny's out there killing it. She's really, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, she's, I don't even think she's sold a house yet. Like she's, <laughs> but, the thing, but the reality of it was, is that she just acted as if like right out of the gates, you knew you could do it. And what you just said is true. You put yourself out there, you, you know, you put yourself in front of people, but also everything about you was now I'm a real estate agent and I'm gonna, I'm the best real estate. I mean, she just believed it right away. It, I think actually started before, because I remember on Facebook, you're going through school yeah. and you were posting it's a good and, point. And it was, it was before she even got out of the starting gate. She was already ahead of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, something that you just said segues into a question I had. Um, and that was, uh, about limits, you know, like, what do you think are some of the biggest limiting beliefs that people have? Like when you were talking about self doubt, you know, God, I so, love that topic. <laughs> What's that? I said I love that topic. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. This is a big thing that I think about. You know, I think people have more limits that they've put on themselves than than really were put on them by, you know, the nature of living. So what do you think are the biggest limiting beliefs that that people hold that you guys have noticed? Uh, someone else is better than you. That's a big one. Um, yeah, comparison, I, I think, is a huge one. What does this say? Comparison is the thief of joy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can get caught up, on, up in it, too, you know? I mean, even, like, looking at other people's numbers, like, oh, I got to be, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the big ones. You know, I, t I talk about this a lot. I You know, when you're a kid, you, if you have little boys, I mean, your, yours yeah. aren't a little anymore, but th little anymore, but think about this. When you're a little boy, all you want to be is bigger, you know, like when I was like three, I remember Christmas morning waking up, I had asked for a motorcycle. My parents got me this little plastic motorcycle and I was pissed because in my mind, I thought it was going to be like a real Harley, like I legit, like I was like crying because I'm like, this isn't a real motorcycle. What the fuck? <laughs> and like, so like, I think that, I think that when you're little, we all kind of have this thing where we want to be bigger and we can see like limitless things. And I think over time, I think that the world and our parents and our upgrade, I think all that has a way of kind of like stifling that dumbing it down a little bit and eventually you just kind of you know some people wake up and they're in their 30s or 40s or whatever 20s for some people and they've just started to believe in their own minds that 
you know, only a certain kind of person can do certain things or achieve certain things. And I just think that's, I think that's a big problem. Um, I mean, despite what everybody thinks or sees right now, we live in the greatest country in the world where you can become whatever you want. And people are literally dying on rafts to get here for an opportunity to do something that you just can't do other places. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I think that that's, I think people just don't really realize what's out there is kind of it. You know, um, I know that an interesting thing I grew up, I grew up in a really, in a, in a, I grew up in a home that my parents both worked really hard for every dollar that we had. And I remember as a kid, I, first of all, as a kid, I, I had, I had the best childhood ever. I, I mean, my parents are just amazing, but I also remember that money was a struggle. And I just decided when I was young that like, that wasn't going to be a struggle for me. Like, I'm just not going to let that happen. And, um, what's funny is just deciding that and kind of making that for me, just making that sort of like a thing that it's just never going to be an issue. If, if this person can do it, I can do it kind of thing. I think that's the easiest, that's been the easiest way for me to just kind of jump into any space and be successful. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was that, Oh fuck, I lost it. Uh, I lost it. We'll come back to that. Um, you mentioned if someone else can do it, you can do it. That's been my mentality in every business that I've had is, um, if someone else can do it, I can do it. So what is that? What's the five minute mile or the, the four minute mile? What's that? Story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, know, I, know I mean, the, the, the first time someone did it, someone else did it right after. Immediately after. Yeah. And yep. so once you prove it can be done, definitely. then, then, then so someone watched you. And yeah. that's also part of my mentality with my brokerage too, is that I want to show them that it can be done yes. so that they know that they can do it too. You know, I was just going to ask you guys if you thought that this stuff could be taught like, can you teach somebody how to believe this stuff? And I think you really just hit it on the head, which is that to exemplify it is the best way to teach anybody about it. And yeah. so I think it's really cool that you guys have that mentality, <coughs> you know, because I come from a similar background where money was correlated directly to work. And yeah. it's not like we had an excess of money. So you're constantly working, you're giving your life away. So I think it's really cool that you rose above that and that you're now basically an example for people who don't want to be stuck on that same path they want to believe in themselves and believe that money doesn't have to be an issue and sometimes an example is the only way that yeah, a person like that will really be able yeah. to learn and to be you know to be real clear too some people get there's some enjoyment out of exchanging time for dollars and there's some people that enjoy building something and then getting paid for the time that they spent to build something so it, it's just it depends on what you like you know but for me it's never been about money. It's always been about freedom and not being and being able to do what we want when we want, you know, kind of on our time. But um, I think I, I know a funny thing. We went to a Tony Robbins event. You know, you, you say limiting beliefs immediately. I think Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And we went to this walk, the the fire walk thing. And f to me, it was a, it was too much. It was long, and I didn't <laughs> want to be there. She did. And these people, I remember one of the, I was like leaving, and this rep is like you know, dude, they're trying to get me to come walk on fire. They're like, you know, you got to break through. I'm like, bro, I walk on fire every fucking day. Like, <laughs> trust me. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in my, there's absolutely nothing I need to break through. In fact, you need to hose me down a little bit. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> so like, sure. Well, I really like what Josh said. Can it, can it be taught? Cause one, I think it can be taught. And two, I think you guys teach it. So there's actually two things I'd like to break down. One of them is the fact, and I learned this from you and you may have heard it from somebody else, but because I heard it from you first, it's, everything I'd say, I've is that right? It's all your uh, intellectual property. No, no, no. I say everything I've say I've learned from someone oh, else. Oh, ditto. I'm oh, not ditto. the originator of anything. So one of my favorite it. quotes is if you steal from one person, it's called plagiarism. If you steal from many, it's research, right? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of life and I'm never not, I'm never done researching. But one thing that you say that stuck with me is uh, training isn't something you did. It's something you do, yeah. right? Yeah. It's continuous and ongoing. Uh, we have tools in our belt and they constantly need to be used and sharpened to be maximally effective. Um, and that's something I think you guys do really, really well. Um, as being your business partners with the Academy, unfortunately, uh, I see we, we, we do a great job. Another thing you say often is we, we give birth rather than raise the dead, and we do such a great job of training new agents. Yet, going through my school, I get to introduce very little sales training, yet you're going to receive a license that enables you to sell at arguably the highest level, sure. maybe outside of helicopters and yachts. Real <laughs> estate's where it's at. And then I pass them off to you guys to do sales training and like, 101 up to 
Jenny's level of a multi-million dollar producer, which you guys absolutely have. So before I get into the second topic, which is like wealth building and investor training, which you guys also do as well, talk a little bit about the, the continuous and ongoing sales training that you do and what that looks like. I think it's I think it's important to say right out of the gates that I think it's a big problem in real estate and I think you know when when we talked about even becoming getting into the broker space um, I, you know from countless out countless windshield time with Kevin riding back and forth on snowmobile trips I would listen to him you know I would listen to his frustrations that he would have with agents within his brokerage and in his model most of them were agents that had been agents for a while that had transferred over and I would hear him beating his head on the steering wheel, like about like literally like stupid basic things that agents that have been agents for years didn't know. And so I think just generally speaking, I think that the 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 entry into the business is almost a little bit too easy. And I think it's a little reckless, if I'm honest, because like you said, it's a very, very important, big, expensive purchase with a lot of moving parts. Um, so anyway, my point of that is that I think that for Jenny and I, when we decided to get into the brokerage, the very first thing that we said was we want to make sure that these are trained warriors. Like they're ready to get there. This is a serious purchase and a serious sale that people are going to make. And so we wanted to make sure that that was, you know, the most important thing. Um, So we, you're right. They come out of your academy um, with the ability to pass a test. And I think that you do it better than anybody of giving wetting their whistle on some of the things that they're going to learn in real estate but the reality of it is is that for most of the people that are becoming real estate agents they've got little to no sales experience if you look at the demographic of a real estate agent it's a lot of women that have are in transitions of their life or you know it's not just that but it's a, that's probably the majority so little to no sales skills at all a lot of times little or very low self-esteem and self-worth a lot of times um, and also not a lot of support from home in a lot of cases, too. This is a lot of times men or women whose spouse doesn't necessarily think it's a great idea. So I think even before we get into the training part of it, the very first conversation that we have with agents is, why are you doing this? We try to figure out, like, what's the per- why did you go through that dumb class with Brandon? Like, what- <laughs> Why did you go sit in there with Brandon every night or five times a week or three? Whatever the time was like, why did you do all that, you know? Um, what we found is that agents do it for different reasons. Some of them are doing it because they want money. Some of them want to just be a part of something. Some of them had some trauma or some major situation going on in their life that now they're trying to change things. And so I think it's first important to find out what that is and then start right out of the gates helping them believe that they can do it. But how beautiful is that that you're taking each individual agent, having that one-on-one, finding out what their why is, why they're doing it, what their life is like, and then you try to complement everything that's not there. So when you suss out that maybe they're, they don't have a spouse, you're going to give them the support they need. Maybe they don't have the highest level of sales training. Here, I've got you. Like I'm going to hold your hand and, and, and fill in all the voids that we just sussed out existed, right? And you and you do that for every single one of your agents. And right now, what are you guys, the second largest licensee under the umbrella? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's so impressive and individual and curtailed to each individual agent. I love that. And I, we definitely aren't perfect at it, that's for no, sure. Yeah. If you're an agent that's like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember that. It's hard. It's, it's difficult. But, I mean, that is our intention, and we try to, we try our very best to do that. Yeah, that know? is our intention to, to individually, um, you know, meet them where they're at for sure. I'd like, if you don't mind, I'd like to change it up. I'd like to hear about the birth of Listing Later Select. Yeah. Where, how did it start and where are we going? Because I know <laughs> you're, you just announced a new uh, location. Yeah, So, sure. yeah, can you give us some, tell us about Select. So. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know why Select. Yeah. I'm yeah. your business yeah, partner yeah, yeah. and I don't know why why it's called Select. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I was a, I've only, I had only been an agent for a year, and so I wasn't even eligible to be a managing broker yet. Um, Back to limiting beliefs. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, one, here's yeah. a, not to interrupt you, but That's I awesome. think this is important. The second you decided that, once you decided that real estate was for you, yeah. it was like, okay, yeah, it's for me, but also like, and no offense, Kevin, I'm not going to work for somebody. Like, that's just not in our DNA. So Yeah, it was, it was a year later. Okay, so I love this. I love it what's next, you know? And so I knew, um, licensee was an option. Um, so I called Kevin a year into being an agent and kind of told him, um, Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, opening a brokerage. Um, I'm, I'm a year out. So let's, I just wanted to get the conversation started. I'm sure there's a lot of steps I have to take within the next year to get there. 
And his response was, oh, we can open one now. And I was like, what? And I got to say, too, that, that's, a, that's such a good, uh, it's a good part of the story, too. And I, for, for those that know me or if you just start following me on Facebook and see, I don't say a lot of nice things about Kevin on Facebook, but that's just our friendship. Uh, I have the highest respect in the world for him. He's one of my closest friends. But um, a good example of that, you know, when, when, when Kevin decided to be a broker and leave BART, Bart Vickery was the broker she was with before. He went and had a conversation with Bart that I remember stressed him out because he was worried what Bart would say. And the, what Bart said was, let's do it. Let me help you. Let me show you how to do it. And so even though it was a year in and Jenny was already, Kevin knew Jenny was going to be a killer agent because she'd been great at other things. The second she said she wanted to open brokerage, which by the way, takes what Kevin made off of her from a lot to almost nothing. Kevin was like, let's do it right now. Let me show you how to do it. So I, I got to say that's a that's a really just a good sign of character. And, you know, um, that was a really that's a cool part of the story, because I think a lot of other people would have tried to pull, pull the throttle back a little on that and try to milk some money for a little bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, I can remember it. I was like sitting sitting at a stop sign in Velpo making the phone call to him like, hey, what do I have to do? Um, and you know, so very quickly it was a meeting between, um, the two of us and Kevin and, um, what it would look like to open a brokerage now. And, uh, that meant bringing in an outside, uh, uh, agent that was eligible to be a managing broker. Um, so Todd Jakubowski helped us open select as our managing broker for the first year. Um, and then once I was eligible, um, I, I became the, the managing broker. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was almost just a natural transition, um, is, is I guess how it was born. Um, it was one of those things we had been business owners and so it just made sense to do that. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it was kind of important for us too. We had saw from flipping houses and be involved in a lot of transactions. One of the things that we saw was that there's, there's a couple ways to grow a business. One is to go to other brokerages and try to recruit agents from other brokerages or to try to get brand new agents and fresh agents. So right out of the gates, getting into school was one of the goals that we had because it was important. Um, but we really wanted to focus, and I think this is maybe where the select thing came from, we really wanted to focus on a specific type of person. So, um, you know, we wanted somebody that had a a strong why, you know, like the, if you look at our core, like our, the first 10 agents that we had, every one of them got into real estate for a reason. And that was important to us. We wanted them to be there to have goals to meet because when you're new and you're growing, you need a leader, somebody from the front selling, showing it could be done, but a leader can't lead effectively if they don't have people that are wanting to have what she wants. And so it was important for us to kind of build around that. And I think we, you know, I think we did that. We have some, we had some just amazing people right out of the gates are all still with us, um, you know, now. But um, I think that that morphed into a brokerage that sort of focused around a group of like-minded people, family-oriented people, very specifically people that we would feel comfortable and that we would enjoy having at our house for a party or a cookout um, or whatever. Um, and people that, you know, had a, had a reason that they were in this, that we could hopefully use the skills that we used in our other businesses to build them up and help them achieve their goals. So I think that was to, to kind of answer your question. That's kind of, kind of where it came from. And funny enough, select the brokerage part of things, um, not to discourage anybody from doing it, but brokerage is a lot of work. It's, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's not a lot of money. You know, I think people think that you just open a brokerage and immediately make a bunch of money. It's just not the case. It's a, it's a, it's a very slim margin business. Um, and so for us, you know, we make, we have rentals and we have other stuff. We have, we do a lot of flips. Our money comes from that stuff, but our enjoyment and our, 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 purpose comes from the brokerage so okay. it really fed something for jenny and i that's that's what it really was and i super and i want to expand on that now the, the brian still has the other half of his story maybe i'd like to end with where we're going to scale and and the and the growth and the the next year's goals are the 2023 goals for your growth and scaling but you just nailed a point that deserves to be expanded on and i think is unique to your specific brokerage maybe it's not but i know your brokerage from an intimate level and this is something that is my favorite part of it. Now, listing leaders as a whole kind of recognizes that the, I mean, everybody should know the number one way to build wealth in America is through home ownership. Home ownership, real estate investing, the pillars of wealth all come from owning properties. 
Now, Nathan just said, quite matter-of-factly, and I appreciate your honesty, there's not a lot of money in brokerage. There's not. We have a lot of fun. We've created a family. We go on vacations together. We, we go to uh, Christmas parties together. We go to cookouts together. We hang out. We live life together. Yeah. But that's not what's making the money that fuels it. Yeah. Now, you guys, I believe, at least more than most other brokerages, not only understand that, but teach it as well. Mm-hmm. We want you to take the money you make in real estate, put it back into real estate and create that kind of generational wealth that gives you the freedom that you guys are talking about. You guys hold regular investor meetings. Nathan uh, was talking a little bit about Kevin having that conversation with Bart and then having Jenny having that conversation with Kevin. And what that reminds me of is this abundance mindset, Mm -hmm. not the scarcity mindset. It's not, why would I tell you what I know? Because then you're just as valuable as me. No, no, no. We're all swimming in a blue ocean. There's plenty of food for us to eat. I want you to know everything I know and be as successful as I am. And that's the platform you guys operate from. And it's rare and it's wonderful. (coughs) So please talk or expand a little bit more about how you guys interject, not just sales training, but wealth building and investment training in your brokerage for your brokers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Nathan has a huge, huge part of that. Um, we host monthly investor meetings specific for our agents. Um, we invite them to bring their spouses with, and Nathan's a great teacher on, um, you know, doing that. So I don't know if you want to explain. Yeah, I mean, so here's the, here's what I've learned. I've, I've, with our other company, we had hundreds of salespeople that work for us and I've trained and and been the, been the part of the lives of thousands of salespeople now at this point. But, um, the hard thing about sales is that it's a cycle regardless. There's great days and there's bad days. There's great months and there's bad months. And so my life up until the last two years since we've been in this stage of our life has been about trying to mitigate those highs and lows and trying to make try to even them out as much as you can so that I could keep guys along, around long enough. And every sales job, people have an expiration date, right? This is something I learned a long time ago. I first started building business. I'd have a great sales guy. And one of my mentors said, hey, this guy's got an expiration date. He's either going to get big enough and want to move on and, and not be with you anymore and start his own thing, or he's going to die, or he's going to just leave the business. You know, something's <laughs> going to happen. Um, and so my point of saying that is that one way that we can mitigate or we can, uh, that I can somewhat prevent those highs and lows with agents is teaching them how to build wealth outside of just getting closings and waiting for those checks. It's a way to completely eliminate people getting e-commissions and these things. If we could show you how to build your money coming in monthly, whether it be through rentals or through flipping or whatever it is, then those highs and lows are a little bit easier to handle. And so I think for us, I mean, if, if we can share with our agents ways that they can become rich and that real estate can be, and that brokerage side of real estate, transactional side of real estate can be just the fun part, then those agents will be around forever. You know, and, and the reality of it is, is that, that's such a that's such a cool synergy beside the, between the, re, the 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 investing part of real estate and the transaction side that you know right now we've got I don't even know how many but a, I'd say at least twenty five percent of our agents are involved in investing one way or another and it just it just makes it funner and makes it cooler and I think it makes people stick around longer. Also, let's be honest, real estate's hard. I mean, I couldn't. I'm not an agent, so I don't. I just running and doing showings and going back and forth like eventually people are going to burn out a little bit on that it's just going to happen and i'm not trying to be negative but it's just a hard it's a hard thing to do um and so the day comes when you want to maybe take a little break or you want to start to delegate some of your work out and you've got 20 grand a month coming in on rentals you can do that you know and it's kind of a it's i mean it, it is a it is a move but it's also kind of a lateral move we're all in the real estate space right so if we're already, just like Nathan said, uh, putting in the work, putting in the time, uh, once you have a little bit of money saved up, or even if you have a really strong ambition and, and you know just a, a really focused goal, then maybe transfer some of that money into uh, time and effort into something that can build generational wealth. Because uh, you're right, burnout is a thing. When you were talking about salespeople have an expiration date, that's actually the first thing that popped up in my mind. The really good ones, if they don't leave and go somewhere else, burnout's a high up, high up there as well. That's awesome. I actually love hearing that. So we're at the we're at the little past the forty five minute mark, and I want to wrap up with Dude, the that's it. like we're just yeah. Start. I know, right? <laughs> it feels like it. It's so good. Yeah, Such good stuff, two. though. I do. Uh, I do have one question. By yeah. the way, if you're moving to wrap up, is that what you're doing? I was. Re- I wanted to end with just what's next for them, the okay. the, the scaling. But so if you got some before that, well, let's. Great. That's that'll be actually my question. Will I think fire? Get away, to that point as well. 
Um, so you guys talked earlier about like the importance of setting goals, like not only just generally, but also like for you guys personally. So my question is two part question, biggest goal, one being specifically business oriented. So that goes to Brendan's <coughs> question about scaling select. So what's your biggest, longest term, most large goal on the business side? Um, and then also just on a personal, on a life, uh, life goal, just, you know, recreational so yeah i mean i'll just i could start i want to i want to build 10 millionaires that's what that's my goal right now so like my my focus right now is to find 10 people that i can help become millionaires and i i, I made a million i'm raising my hand yeah, where do i i'm raising up? my hand i've got four volunteers you're looking for six now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can make it 16 it doesn't matter that's my goal and there's an old saying if you can help other people do the things they want you'll get the things you want you know it's a Zig Ziglar thing and he said it a little differently than that but um, but the reality that's my that's my goal is I want to help 10 people become millionaires I get a lot of enjoyment out of that um, I've made a million I've made a million dollars in several different industries um, and this is the easiest by far the other industries I had to have god-given talent and I had to have a little bit of I had to have some certain skills. This industry, you don't even have to have anything. You just have to follow the path of people that have done it. It's very, very simple to do. So that's that's my business goal. Um, the brokerage will, will organically continue to grow, you know, and I'll let you speak on that. But that's that's my personal. You know, it's interesting. When we started Select, I, you know, my initial, it's funny. I actually, I think back to, I was at an event and I, I made a decision that I wanted to have a $10 million business, me personally. I remember you texting me that. Yeah, and I had no idea what that business even would be. I, I may have had my real estate license then, but I, it, real I mean, estate I was not on did. my radar at all. Um, and, you know, I, it was within the next two years, that $10 million, you know, we flew past that. So um, right now we're, we're going to be closing probably – over 75 million this year. My next, my next goal is 100, 100 million. That's the number in my head. Um, for the brokerage. For the brokerage, the brokerage. yes. Um, and I, I think we can easily do that next year. Um, <coughs> when we started Select, you know, my goal was to have 35 agents and and do 100 million in sales. And um, you know, that 35 agent is now you know almost trip. Well, definitely, yeah, double that. Um, Math isn't her strong. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, double, triple? Uh, double that. And, you know, I think we're kind of just getting started. So um, to put a big goal on it, I don't even know. Have you thought about yeah, so that? I have. You know, I think it's a good example of how, you know, your goals sometimes, if you, I think we set too small goals. I yeah. think that's the reality of it is, you know. So Let's have a new goal. I want to hear you guys. Yeah. yeah. So we have, yeah, we have to have a new goal. But I'll tell you one thing that I'd like to see out of the brokerage. I think... Um, you know, we've built an amazing team. Honey is our processor. Is I mean, she's more than just a processor. She's become, you know, kind of the 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 queen of the front of the house. Yeah. You know, so we've we've now added a second processor, Aniso, who's been amazing. Um, we have Rebecca and Kelly, two amazing trainers. Um, we've got some new leadership we're going to be announcing soon too. But I think that the next step and the next goal for me that I'm going to try to work through you and the rest of everybody is to replace you. So business and scaling specifically has some stages and in the very beginning the leader has to be the number one person so a lot of people i think and i feel bad for her because jenny's the sweetest most just nicest person ever but people talk shit about her a lot <laughs> and they think that she's out selling 17 million to try to compete with her team i hear that sometimes it's not the case it's you're the owner you're the leader you have to fucking show them that it could be done somebody if, if you're not doing it then they don't know that it's possible. So I think that the big goal for me specifically for the brokerage is to now build another $15, $20 million producer and have somebody else lead so that you can step back because eventually you'll start to burn out, you know. Yeah. So I, need I, think, to know, I think that's important. I need to know who these people are so that we can go and beat them. <laughs> well, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna go beat up the people that talk shit about us, you got a long list, sweetie. Well, there's there's, a lot of us. People listen, what, yeah. <laughs> listen, here's the reality of it. There's we're hard to understand. Jenny and I are unless you get to know us and sit down with us, we're very difficult to understand. People don't understand they don't they don't get us. They But do they, they try? That's they the, hear they that's hear what they hear and they make up the whatever version of a story they want to make up. But the reality of it is Jenny, me and Jenny love to work with people to help people. That's absolutely, I'm the first person I'll slit your throat if you back, if you cross me, but we're like, we're, we're like, 
we love this. And so when when people are out there in their own space, not achieving the things that they want, and they see someone like Jenny just step in and do it, it's just way easier to hate her than right. to just be your friend. You know what I mean? And luckily for her, she doesn't care if you're a friend or not. But the reality is, is that, you know, it's it's just because they can't do it that they don't like her. Or it, me or and you have to develop thick skin in this business yeah, if you're going to sure. be in sales. you got to have that elephant skin. You can't be worried about what other people say. you got to put your horse blinders on, fight your own fight. And, <coughs> and, and you, know, you know, I know you're trying to wrap up, Brandon, but that's, uh, you know, we We're just – <laughs> we just had this. We just had this conversation. We do a Monday every Monday morning. We do a call with our team, and one of the things we started to say was we we were talking. We were trying to get our agents to kind of step out of their shell. We're we're approaching a different type of industry now. The last two years have been very easy for agents, and we've been explaining to them that Good now point. you got to start. You really got to pivot and start to do different things. You have to become a a, a, a pre, you have to be known in the community, and you have to put yourself out there. So we have several agents that are now doing that. And so the next step was, hey, guess what? Some people are going to hate you for doing it. Mm -hmm. Your friends are going to turn on you. Your mom is going to tell you that it's silly. You're going to go to Christmas and they're going to say, oh, you're doing those cute videos. But guess what? The, the rich people don't care about that. Yeah. The people that are killing it, they just don't care. And so if you've got somebody in your space or in your in your little circle that's telling you, don't do it or it looks, you're look, uh, then do you should get them out of your circle. And that's why our circle is pretty small, you know, but mm -hmm. so it's a stage of growth for sure. Yeah. I love hearing that. So we, you obviously we've, we're, we're making some moves. There's some going to be some 2023 growth. You want to announce anything? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so we're announcing our, we did announce last week, our fifth location, um, Portage, Indiana, and that is going to house our second Listing Leaders Academy that we're really excited woot woot. about, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that was a, you know, we, I saw a need in Portage. Um, you know, we have an office there right now. Um, this one is going to be a bigger, nicer presence in the community. Um, and then, of course, introducing the academy. I think we'll get some great agents out of there, um, you know, so who knows? It's such a killer space, it's, too. It is. And, you know, Brandon, I got to say, um, we've uh, – I touched on it a minute ago, but we've worked with – I've had a dozen or more business partners over the years, and I've worked with thousands of people. Um, the experience that we've had with this academy so far has been really, really good. And for us to, like, literally to the date a year in, already be opening another location, I think is a – is. I mean, that's sort of kind of par for the course for Jenny and I to continue to grow. But um, – I think it's a testament to, to what you've done 100%. with the academy that you're you're obviously um, you've done an amazing job with it. You've you've prepared agents um, as good as you possibly can in the time and the manner that you have, um, and so we're super excited to do that with you. So I think it's important to say that the 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 second school and the third and the fourth and however many we do uh, will all be with Brandon, and that's important. That's and you. I think it's important to say too that we get this question a lot too. People that know us are like, why do you? Why, why are you a part of listing leaders? Why didn't you just, I'm surprised none of you asked that. Like, why don't you just build your own thing? Because we've built businesses from scratch. And the reality of it is when we got into this, Kevin had already laid the foundation and had it, had a good thing going. But man, business and life is so much funner when you're doing it with people that you like to do it with. Yep. So um, for Pete, because we, again, we get to ask, the, I get asked this a lot, maybe you don't, but there is a 0% chance, a less than 0% chance that we would ever break off and do something separate from listing leaders. It would just never happen. Um, and as far as we're concerned up until this point, um, the same thing goes with the Academy. We're just going to keep building and just keep pouring on it. And, you know, I love it. Well, thank fun. you so much. I super yeah. appreciate the kind words. And like I said, I, I love the arrangement yeah, that you we have. You have a sign-up. He wrote on a marker board, say something nice about me. Say something <laughs> nice about me. Is that, it's, is that still behind me? You can't see it. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it. Well, thank you for reading that and yeah. doing that. Right. Um, does anybody have anything, uh, maybe kind of finalized final thoughts for Nathan and Jenny? Really appreciate your time, candor, knowledge, insight, all of it. It was so good. And Nathan's right. We could we – could, go on down a couple rabbit holes and fill a couple more hour podcasts no question and i could absolutely see having you guys on again in the future for sure I guess I, the only thing i can say too is uh thank you for sharing everything on facebook i can vacation vicariously through you <laughs> there's no way that all those places i could go to but man it looks fun hey i will say this about that um, it kind of goes back to leading from the front. We show that stuff to show others that it can be done, um, not at all for our own, you know, whatever. It's, it's, we want to show people that, um, you know, what, what we can do is 
or they can do it too. We want you, yeah, we want you guys to have fun. I mean, life is so short. We don't have a ton of time. And I, I think about that, you know, every day and it might sound kind of negative and dark, but like I wake up every day thinking like, man, this is is one day closer to no more days left. And so I just want to live it to the absolute fullest. And you're, you're hundred percent right. We want you to, we want everybody to, to see that it could be done. We're new in this space, only a couple of years in, in brokerage and, um, and you know, it's never about bragging. That's for sure. Yeah. If we wanted to brag, we could brag. Well, and I, yeah, that's the perfect way to wrap it up. But it also kind of goes back to mindset. Like I love what Brian had said. It's like you could be the person who looks at that and it's like, oh well, good for them. Go out and have your fun, right? Yeah. Those aren't those aren't the kind of people we want to work with. Those aren't the kind of people we want in our circle. We want the people who look at it and understand. Okay, you guys are out there having a good time. How you doing it? How can I get in your circle? And not only that, you guys are going to welcome that kind of person with open arms. Come here, let me yeah. show you exactly the way. We, we were just talking about this. Somebody was kind of taking a shot at us about having going on vacations and about having fun. And we, we showed it was a post on Facebook, actually. I showed my daughter. This girl's probably going to listen to this. But I showed my daughter, and, and the post was about would get a realtor who will, will work with you instead of one that goes on vacations and drives Teslas and has million-dollar houses. And my daughter goes, well, isn't wouldn't you want to work for somebody who has that stuff? Like, that was <laughs> yes. literally her brain didn't even click. Yes. I was like, right. isn't that what it. you want? Like. That's such yeah, a winning man. mindset. You're the boss. Like, That's yeah, a winning mindset. Want. Well, thank you guys so much. Super yeah, appreciate sure. your time. Thank we got to do this again in the future. Um, thanks, yeah, thank guys. You. Thank appreciate you for everything. It. We'll see you in uh, see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.